What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. Today is Tuesday, July 19th, 2022. And today on the show, we're finishing part two of a two-part series, looking at future expiring contracts for the Miami Dolphins in the 2023 offseason. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins. Today is Tuesday, July 19th, 2022. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen or watch of the day. Your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, and your host here finishing part two of a two-part series. We are looking at expiring contracts at the end of the upcoming season. And with the Dolphins and their team mentality and where they are as a franchise, what decisions we might expect, uh, what players in the meantime, you know, as we get up to the cut down of the offseason roster, uh, what players uh, could potentially be dangled as chips if the team does not seed for, for late round draft selections, if the team does not see a long term vision for that player in the future. But before we, we get into the defensive side of the ball, we did offense yesterday. Go back and listen if you haven't already. But before we, we go anywhere on the show, we have a very special one-year anniversary at our disposal uh, that we want to celebrate here on the show. I don't know how many of you follow Locked on Fins on Twitter. If you're on Twitter and you don't, shame on you. I'm at Grinding the Tape, but Locked on Fins is, is where the Dolphins' specific content is ever flowing uh, like the wines of Capistrano, I think is the quote from Dumb and Dumber. But <laughs> um, one year ago today, the Washington Nationals baseball team made the ultimate enemy of Locked On Dolphins, and yours truly. And, and I put a hex on the team when it happened because they beat the Miami Marlins like 18 to 1 one year ago. And they sent out some cute little snarky graphic that was like Nationals, handshake emoji, Buffalo Bills. Remember, this was the last game the Dolphins played at the time of this tweet was the Week 17 contest uh, against the Bills to eliminate the Dolphins from the playoffs. And the caption was uh, beating Miami by three, three scores. And they obviously won by 17 points. So uh, I quote tweeted it at the time and was like, oh, I look forward to taking a shot, a celebratory shot every game the Nationals lose the rest of the season. Well, they lost a ton the rest of the season. And so far this season, they have continued to lose a ton. So I just want to tip my cap to the Washington Nationals on the one-year anniversary of that stupid tweet that irked me so that I would go out of my way to constantly harass the Washington Nationals on social media uh, for the tomfoolery uh, that took place. Washington is 52 and 111 since sending that tweet. And I would like to take full responsibility for the demise of a Major League Baseball team. So, 
52 and 111. Happy anniversary to the Washington Nationals. I hope it was worth it. <laughs> but to today on the show, I had to get that out of the way. Today on the show, uh, we are doing the defensive side of the ball for expiring contract players. And as we talked a little bit about yesterday, this is a really interesting chapter for Miami because you're at that point as a young contender where you're going to continue to be aggressive and you got to find the right blend of uh, veteran players who you can probably get at the discounted rate because they see the appeal of the team and they think that they can win down here with retaining the nucleus of your team as it exists. But as you re-sign your own players, um, there will be attrition that takes place. You will have to do the choose-your-own-adventure thing. You can do A or B, and there, there, it all spiderwebs off of those decisions. No big money players on defense to be aware of. So that's the good thing going in. Uh, off, offensively, you had a backup quarterback make it $6.5 per season last year and Teddy Bridgewater, and obviously Mike Kosecki on the franchise tag is expiring players. Eric Rowe is the most expensive payroll player for the Dolphins who is an expiring contract this year. And I really want Eric Rowe to be the 2019-2020 version of Eric Rowe this year. Uh, but there is no doubt he was marginalized by Brandon Jones last season. But his skill set versus Brandon Jones is it's not a complete one-for-one. One. What makes it hard is he's a player who's on the wrong side of 30. His pay this year, just short of $5.5 million. If you bring that back, you're paying for what a player has done, not for player for what a player will be. Uh, because Eric Rowe is starting to show the signs of regression as evidenced by uh, him getting phased out by the team last year by a younger player. That's a really hard sell for me unless he has a revival this season with his skill set to justify a contract that's going to be in the same ballpark. Now, if you can get Eric Rowe back under contract for $2 billion, then yeah, it's a no-brainer. But whether or not you would get Eric Rowe back in what he knows will probably be his last NFL contract of any level of financial significance, I can't guarantee would be the case. But that's that's one for me that if all things remain equal to what we know now, I would probably have a third safety pretty high up on the Dolphins' list of team needs unless Verone McKinley, who I don't have the expectations that some people do, uh, really captivates this team, or Noe Benogany transitions to safety and has a, a, a career revival. There, I mean, there's pathways to not need a safety. But with how much sub the Dolphins run in this system, if you do let Eric Rowe go, and that would probably be the the tough choice that I would advocate for at the end of the season, unless the play leaps back up to the 2020 standard in coverage against tight ends, um, that would be a pretty high need for the Dolphins to, to put on their list, especially because Clayton Fejdalum, uh, who's your fourth safety as things currently stand, and he's due $2.8 million this season, uh, is also an expiring contract. Now, he's an exclusive teams guy uh, that softens that blow significantly. If Clayton Fejdalum plays significant defensive snaps for the Dolphins this year, we're in trouble anyway. 
Um, but Miami's got a lot of these special teams guys on the roster that they're paying significant money to. I mean, you, you, you think about some of the names that Keon Crossan they brought in. They didn't pay him nothing. They paid him a, a reasonably significant amount of money. Um, you, you can go, kind of go through the bottom 20 names on the active 53 projection, and there's a couple of guys that are getting 2 or $3 million a pop. And with that being the case, unless you get Clayton Fezulam as well at a discount, like I'm going to have a hard time right now with Miami being as, as in the weeds of being a young contending team as possible and needing to retain the nucleus of your team. You could tell me that you could re-sign Clayton Fezulam and then you might not have the money to get the deal done with Christian Wilkins and have confidence in it and also have this, the flexibility that you'd need elsewhere. Or you can just get the Christian Wilkins deal done, go draft a safety in the fifth round to be your special teams guy and call it a day or have somebody else from a different position group play that spot. That's how I would handle it. But again, it's, and especially with a guy like Clayton, like he is what he is. It's not like Eric Rowe where there was a reward to be reaped defensively. Before we go any further, I need you guys to level with me. We've all been in this situation where you're a little tight on cash, maybe you can only afford to put a few gallons into the tank, or you got another save the date. So you got another wedding coming up, and you don't know how the heck you're going to pay for another wedding gift. If you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make ends meet, it can be really stressful when unexpected expenses pop up. But now Dave can help get you out of a pinch when you really need it. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or catch up on bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest or credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief that they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch, you need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download Dave in the App Store now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account to get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve, member FDIC. Future you will thank you. We have a nice blend of defensive guys to get into here, including an older veteran like Melvin Ingram who's currently 33 years old, will be 34 next offseason when his contract formally expires. And he's with the Dolphins on a one-year $4 million deal. If Melvin Ingram plays to his potential, this might be one of the most economic, friendly, and reward-versus-cost contracts on the team. And this is what being a young contender gets you. It gets you guys like this in the building who want to win, who are hungry. Miami has obvious appeals beyond just the football team. Location, weather, lifestyle, all prominence amongst them. But Melvin Ingram is a has a sterling reputation as a leader, as a consummate professional, as a defensive weapon, and you just know he's he's not a player that has 70, 75% snaps in the tank anymore. Great. We don't need you to. But if he comes in here and he performs at a really high level in a reduced role, I would hope that another contract is on the table. Now, how much you can continue year over year to bank on him isn't a good gauge. So you'd probably be better off continuing to do one-year deals at a time 
if that's something that Melvin Ingram is interested in. But this is the second consecutive year in which he's had a one-year deal. So you would assume he's kind of accepted that's the norm for me as a player now in this chapter of my career. Nick Needham, just short of $4 million. He was a restricted free agent. Uh, and assuming the trajectory of Nick Needham continues, you're probably looking at, I don't want to say double, but I would not be surprised if it's close to double the annual pay. Think about what Cedric Wilson got on the offensive side of the ball to be a wide receiver three. Uh, Nick Needham, with another year of play like last year, knowing full well that there's safety flexibility here, uh, is somebody who, this is the perfect example. Would you rather retain Clayton Fezdalum and be unable to afford re-signing Nick Needham, or would you just rather re-sign Nick Needham? Because like your defensive back budget that you have, you have Byron Jones, you have Xavier Howard, you have Javon Holland on a, a high... He's on a rookie contract, but it's a high rookie contract, so he's not getting paid nothing. You've got Brandon Jones, who's going to be getting into that point, which you've you got to start thinking about a contract extension for him because he's playing in year three on a four-year rookie deal. Your budget for each position group gives you only so much flexibility. So for your defensive backs, you might be able to say, hey, Nick, Nick is going to command seven, seven and a half on the market. Do we want to pay him that? Well, we got to pay Clayton $3 million to play the up back on punt team and be the fourth safety. So we can't afford, like, it's not on our budget to pay Nick. No, you just, if you're going to do it, pay Nick, right? Uh, but that's the kind of expectation that I have for that kind of player, knowing full well that Nick Needham has safety flexibility at his disposal. Uh, that That is a player, I think Miami fans, we got to enjoy uh, but we got to be mindful of, especially like between Roe and Needham, they're both not going to be back. You'll probably only get one because between the two of them this year, you're paying them $9.2 million. Um, it's, it's probably cost you 12 to bring them back next year. Just those two guys alone. So that's kind of as players develop, the pay expands and then you're going to be selective in, in who you keep. And that, that was something that we really talked about with um, Ozzie Newsom, the, the longtime Baltimore Ravens general manager. When we went down to Alabama for the senior bowl event, uh, we asked him about well, building through the draft and, and the strategies that are involved. And he really made a huge deal about getting a lot of players on rookie contracts. And obviously they had six picks in the fourth round this year, just a crazy amount of, of, selections that were made in the middle rounds of the draft this year. And he talked a lot about, you know, you, you let those guys grow uh, and then you got to make some hard decisions on who to retain, who to keep, who to pay and, and who to not pay. Uh, Miami is in, is living in those shoes. And this is kind of the first year that they've had to do that since the rebuild in 2019. But this is what happens when you get depth. And this is what happens uh, when you develop players. It's a good problem to have, but it's not an easy one to make the decisions on. And that's what makes all of these decisions and all these players as expiring contracts so critical. Adam Butler, for me, is a player. He'll be 29 uh, this, in the offseason next year. Scheme-specific guys do th three and three-quarter million dollars. Uh, you can get a rotational penetration-type interior defensive lineman in a lot of places. 
And whether that's in the draft for a guy in the middle rounds who would probably cost you a quarter of the financials. And Miami will have the picks next year as things are currently scheduled. Or if that's in free agency, whether it's a veteran player or an undersized player who didn't make somebody else's raw, like I understand Adam Butler's very familiar with the scheme in the same way that Elana Roberts, who's also an expiring contract, who will also be 29 next offseason, and he's due two and three quarter million dollars versus three and three quarter million dollars for Adam Butler. I understand there's a familiarity with the scheme, but the most appealing component, in my opinion, of both of those players is the familiarity with the scheme. So if you're going to tell me that Coach Josh Boyer would be going into what would be his fourth season as the defensive coordinator, and the rest of the nucleus of the team has been around, and continuity has been a thing that you have prioritized, the importance of having those stalwart players in each of those position rooms that has familiarity with the system is mitigated. And especially at a potential cost of not a math guy, as is tradition here on the show, but three and three quarter million and two and three quarter million is six and a half million dollars. So you can pay Adam Butler and Elan and Roberts six and a half million dollars, or you can guarantee you get a contract extension done and sign replacement players for the same cost. Have the wiggle room to get a contract extension done, get a Nick Needham extension done. Again, all these variables overlap, right? But both of those players for me, and I understand like Roberts is a, a really respected leader in the Dolphins locker room as things currently stand. And I understand that. But you do have Jerome Baker. You do have Xavier Howard. You do have Emmanuel Agba. You do have Christian Wilkins. Like you are not so lost for leadership that if you make that decision to let Elena Roberts go, and I've said this, uh, this offseason, if you want to bring Elena Roberts back, for another season and have him play primarily teams and not have him be a starting backer and have him in on short yardage goal line sets to shoot gaps and plug the run and smack the taste out of people's mouth. I'm I'd love to have Elena Roberts continue to be a member of this football team, but not at the cost and not as a starting linebacker for the opportunity of cost of getting somebody else on the field, Reed Channing Tindall. Our next expiring player on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, we do need to shout out Thomas Morstead, by the way. Obviously, he's a specialist. Um, our king, our punt, our punt god, Thomas Morstead. Um, he'll be 38 next offseason. Dudes can kick till they're 50 if they want to. Keep running them back. <laughs> Keep running them back. Uh, the next defensive expiring player that we have is Sam McGuavin will be 31 next offseason. Uh, he's on a one-year deal for $1.7 million. The team chose to bring him back. This was part of the big influx of backers, along with Elena Roberts, along with Brennan Scarlett, um, along with Duke Riley. Uh, that they, they just ran the whole thing back. And we're going to talk about Duke Riley next. But Iguavin, um is in that bucket range for me. It's one year, $1.7 million. When I was talking about Fejdalem and I was talking about some special teams type players, Elena Roberts. If you're under $2 million, that's a perfectly reasonable financial implication of having a high level special teams player on the roster. 
And I think that's what opens up, in my opinion, Sam McGuavin to continue to be a long-term player. Now, as a defensive player, he's kind of capped in the same way that Clayton Fezulam is in that you really don't want him playing a lot other than maybe some of your pressure packages as a backer who's mugged up in interior gaps. But even then, you know, he's not somebody who plays from depth, right? And that's, that's been one of the fun things about doing some of the film studies that I've done this offseason with NFL teams is you're seeing what, what backers are effective in pressure situations and from where. They walked up on the end of the line of scrimmage. They walked up in interior gaps and involved with the stunts and the games to loop and come screaming through uh, free. Or are they running from depth, from stacked position on the second level of the defense and firing through gaps late, whether that's as a green dog if the back stays in the blitz. A green dog is, is if you're the linebacker and you're in coverage and your coverage responsibility is the running back. If the running back stays in the backfield to block and pass protection, you can then add yourself into the pass rush late as that site adjustment to go shoot that gap and go get the quarterback and try and be plus one in the pass rush versus what the uh, the opposing team has to block. Aguavin, his role when he's effective, as we saw in the preseason last year, is mugged up in gaps. And if you told me he was going to play in space, I wouldn't like that. So that's why the financials have to only hit a certain cap for me to be comfortable with it. And at $1.69 million, I am comfortable with that. And I would love to continue to see Sam Aguavin, who's a great story, continue to be a member of the Dolphins. Before we talk about Duke Riley, I got to talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They have 100% chocolate on all their bars. They're absolutely delicious. Right now, you can visit Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and save 15% off your next order. That is Built.com, promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. Dolphins defense did not do us a lot of favors here. We got some ground to cover. Duke Riley, one-year, $3 million contract extension. Duke can run. So in contrast to Sam McGuavin, Duke Riley, yes, he can play as a pressure player. He's been mugged up in gaps. We saw that last year. He can play more on third downs than what, what Elaine and Roberts did. But he's also capable of playing in coverage, and he's also capable of triggering from depth as a pressure player because he's a very bursty, speedy backer. And somebody like that, until you get more depth in your linebacker room, you would be a lot worse off with a lot of other players as what is effectively your third or fourth linebacker than Duke Riley. So I would absolutely advocate for Duke Riley to be somebody uh, who continues, especially because he has a variety of ways in which he can impact the game. Now, $3 million, if he comes back and he starts looking for more than that, I'd probably start getting a little leery. But because he is Jerome Baker, presumably Elena Roberts, Channing Tindall, he's your fourth backer right now. That in itself puts a glass ceiling, barring injuries, on the reps and role that he will command, which will then in turn kind of naturally suppress the ceiling for his market. I don't expect you to get too much higher than that because for Miami, he's a rotational backer and a team's guy. But he's got defensive value, 
And I don't think $3 million is too crazy of a number for that player bringing all of that to the table. John Jenkins, he'll be get, coming up on 35 years old as a nose tackle, $1.2 million. Uh, you can get plugs in a lot of spots. And again, the leadership component, the Dolphins, with the, the young guys that they have that have been in the system for a while now, uh, I'd probably not advocate for an extension from John Jenkins. Uh, Brennan Scarlett uh, will be 30 next offseason, $1.18 million. Uh, so effectively, all of the expiring contracts from last year, we just hit him with one-year deals and said, let's let's run it back. We'll get more of an evaluation window. Uh, Scarlett was, is a player who has a low ceiling as a pass rusher, but as kind of a dirty work, uh, front end run stuffer on early downs, uh, 1.18 is not a crazy number. It's, it's not an egregious number, but you also did draft Cameron Good. And ideally, Cameron Good's a little bit more of a dynamic athlete. Ideally, he takes that spot, and then you get into this offseason or you, you get up into to roster cuts and you make that decision and maybe you keep Brennan Scarlett or maybe you don't keep Brennan Scarlett. Shelter Gredwine, Porter Gustin, Calvin Munson, uh, Elijah Campbell, who would be a restricted free agent. Um, all kind of peripheral players. I, I don't know that any of those are locks to make the roster. Maybe, maybe Redwine, maybe Munson because of, of playing teams. Um, but there's Redwine's the only one over a million dollars. And he right now is penciled in at safety five. So he's, he's going to have to beat out Fejdalum, in which case Miami could potentially save another million dollars if he does this, this, this training camp. And if he does that, then, Hey, tack an extra million dollars onto your rollover cap for 2023 to add on to their current cap deficit. The big name here, the big name here is Andrew Van Ginkle. Uh, he was a big hit for the team in 2019 in the fifth round. He was a player that I uh, knew was pretty raw coming out of Wisconsin after being a Juco player for a couple of years. And man, he has really carved himself a nice role for Miami. What does that market dictate? There's no projection right now on SpotTrack.com. So I, I don't have a firm... Uh, projection, but here's what I can tell you. Uh, it's fourth year of a four-year contract. He's getting paid $2.5 million uh, this year. I think this went to uh, it was a, a performance bonus. Yep. So Van Ginkle, and he's, play, he's Played 801 snaps last year. He played 71% of the snaps defensively. Melvin Ingram will chew into that a little bit. We can say that with confidence. He's got 11 career sacks through three seasons in the NFL, four forced fumbles. He went from 17% of the snaps to 46% of the snaps to 71% of the snaps. Ideally, he's a six. In my mind, ideally, Andrew Van Ginkle is a 600-snap player across 17 games. What is that worth? Um, this might be the player that you part ways with and apply the Eric Rowe funds to. You know, I don't know that $5.5 million gets it done with Van Ginkle, 
but I would be proactively if I am Miami trying to get that contract extension done in the same light of getting like the Christian Wilkins deal done from the same draft class. Right. Uh, and that's the sign that you have a good draft class on your hands, despite all of the um, shortcomings that may or may not have in retrospect, you go back and do things differently. You got two guys you'd love to get under contract extension for second contract right now before they play another snap, because you know, that the, the value is probably only going to continue to go up. The thing that separates Van Ginkle from like Duke Riley's. Yeah. They're, they're both rotational players defensively. And I, I think Van Ginkle will be more rotational this year. Um, and core special teams players is Van Ginkle uh, is an actual pass rusher as compared to Duke Riley being a space backer. So Duke Riley, I think $3 million is probably the right kind of range for him. Um, but Van Ginkle, I mean, Van Ginkle, I would not be surprised if he ends up in the same price range as what we talked about with Nick Needham between six and seven, maybe more if you hit the open market. Um, so that's a tough decision Miami will have to make. So you add all that up with all the players we talked about yesterday with, with Gusecki and Teddy Bridgewater and the players today and Eric Rowe, and Melvin Ingram, potentially um, Clayton Fezulam getting almost three per Adam Shaheen getting two and a half per, and you add it all up and you understand, Hey, you got some guys who we're going to be ready to move on from, or we're, we're going to have guys that we're not ready to move on from, but the financials that are capped for, what we have to budget for each position group might only dictate we only have so much to spend. And Van Ginkle's the big mystery player out of all the players we talked about. Obviously, Mike Gusecki, the attentional Mike Gusecki's on the franchise tag. He catches the football. Fantasy players know who he is, everybody. But the big mystery player for me is Andrew Van Ginkle for what that market's going to look like. But we'll find out. Appreciate you guys checking out Locked On Dolphins. Fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. We have the mailbag tomorrow. Power to the pod. It's back. We took a week off last week. Uh, but looking forward to hearing from all of you. So plan accordingly. Hope to see you there. Kyle Krabs, fins up. Make it a great Tuesday. I'll talk with you guys again tomorrow.